You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears matchup with the San Francisco 49ers should be winnable, even though the 49ers are the favored team on the road. We'll go through the game plan for how the Bears can get that victory on today's podcast. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the conversation in the Locked On Bears Facebook group. And make sure that if you're watching this on YouTube, that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our daily in-depth video podcasts as well. Today's episode brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been a place for more than just tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. On the show today, we put together a game plan, how the Bears can right the ship and get back on track against Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, who have been struggling a lot on their own. We'll look at what the Bears can do to help Justin Fields more than they have at this point, and specifically where they might find some advantages against the San Francisco 49ers defense. That's not bad, but seems definitely beatable. And we've seen other teams play into a strategy that I think should work well for what Chicago does well. We'll take a look then at this 49ers offense and what the Bears defense needs to do to stay on top of Jimmy Garoppolo and really, I think, a banged-up 49ers team as a whole, much like the Bears having some injury problems of their own, but still... Not an offense that's put up a ton of points. You don't have to worry necessarily about getting into a shootout, assuming this Bears defense can have some sort of decent health in this game. And we'll wrap up with the biggest key matchups that will decide this outcome and, and how we sort of are left feeling about these two teams heading into Sunday's matchup. But we start with this Bears offense and Justin Fields because that's what it's really been all about. Bears have not been consistently scoring enough points throughout the Matt Nagy era, but in the last two losses in particular, scoring has been harder to come by than it, than it seems like it, it should. And against the 49ers defense, again, it's not like a, a bottom of the NFL defense. I think they're like, you know, I think they're 21st in points, but 6th in yards, and there's some extenuating circumstances that I think ex accelerate some of those challenges that they've had. But it does feel like the Bears shouldn't need... Justin Fields to put on any kind of, you know, shootout miraculous performance. It's not a defense that demands, and it's really it's not an opposing offense, too, that demands high scoring from the opponent. And so it's, it's a lot of the things I think we've been kind of talking about with Fields that we just haven't seen enough from from the Bears' offensive coaching staff. More play action, more moving pockets. Some of those, you know, some more of those max protection type plays where you leave in extra tight ends and running backs to block. But also, you're going to need plays more with, with hot reads in there. And understand that, you know, you, you need to have a play, you have to plays ready where if the 49ers are going to blitz, you have to have options for fields to get rid of the ball quickly. But you don't want it to be just a quick passing play, right? You don't want it to just be the three-step drop curl routes that we're seeing Matt Nagy love to go to so often. But, you know, if, if it's a longer play, 
where, you know, you have routes where if you have time, hey, look for Robinson here, look for Mooney here. But if you see a blitz pre-snap, know that you have your tight end here or your running back there that you can throw to right away. And it seems like sometimes we're getting all of one or the other, where it's either a long developing play where Fields needs time and doesn't have it, or it's a quick only pass and you're not letting him really use his skill set to its full advantage. So sort of balancing when and where you go to the longer developing plays and having having things built in for the blitz if the 49ers are going to be aggressive after him and certainly having longer developing things if your offensive line can give you time with moving pockets, with play action, and with Justin Fields' mobility definitely playing a factor in there. But I still think, first and foremost, you run the football. That's got to be the offensive identity in this game and throughout this season with Khalil Herbert running well, with Montgomery certainly running well before him, but no, there's no reason Khalil Herbert should not have another 100-yard game because we're seeing opposing offenses have success running the ball against them. I think the, the Cardinals struggled a little bit with it a couple of weeks ago before the bye week, but I think Kyler Murray wasn't having too much trouble on his own being able to create some stuff, and of course, the, the 49ers offense has not been high-scoring. This is not a team you have to worry about Jimmy Garoppolo lighting up your secondary and, and carving you up deep. And we'll get into this 49ers offense in, in a little bit here, but you don't, ha- you, know, you don't have to get pass happy, right? If the 49ers have a lead on you, a slight lead, they're not going to pull away the way Green Bay or Tampa Bay might to where you feel like you have to, I guess, abandon the running game and get points up quickly. This is a game you can kind of be patient a little bit more and play some of the, the slower, I don't want to say conservative, but just you don't have to press. You don't have to stress you don't have to, have, you know, you want to make sure Fields understands like, hey man, don't worry. We're in this, you're in this, even if you're down a touchdown or 10 points or whatever, you're in this game against a team like the 49ers. This is a type of opponent where a good running game and a good defense should be enough to win this game for you. I mean, I'm not trying to crap on the 49ers all game. It's just, they still need to prove that they're any good because we've seen Carson Wentz beat them with 150 passing yards. Russell Wilson had about 150 passing yards throwing on them. You don't need 300 yards from your quarterback to win these games. You just need solid defense and a decent running game to go with them. So in theory, Fields should be able to give you enough with a decent game plan and a decent supporting cast. You know, get take a couple of deep shots in there and then take the easy stuff over the middle. Don't turn the ball over. Take care of the ball and just let your receivers make some plays after the catch. Take advantage of some of the vulnerabilities from San Francisco. They've had a lot of penalties in their defense as well. I mean, I think when you look particularly the middle of the field, for me, we'll get into some of the matchups specifically later, but like their linebacking core is Fred Warner and a bunch of nobodies, and their safeties have been injured and some inconsistency there. I mean... Jimmy Ward's a little bit on the smaller end, and Jaquiski Tart's been hurt and missed a lot of tackles this season, and so I think there's some opportunities there for the Bears to attack that area of the field. Certainly the strength for the 49ers is on the edge rushers, Nick Bosa and and then Eric Armstead is having a really strong season at their two, four, three defensive end spots. That's definitely going to be a, a particular area of focus, but the interior, again, it's, it's Fred Werner and a bunch of whoever, you know, same with the defensive tackles. So pound it up the middle, in your running game, attack the middle with your passing game and, and leave your extra help in particularly for your tight ends or for your offensive tackles with tight ends and running backs, chipping in pass protection again, moving pockets and things like that. For, for me, first and foremost, just let the 49ers kind of beat themselves. We heard on yesterday's Crossover Thursday podcast from Eric Crocker and Brian Peacock, the 49ers keep finding ways to lose. It's been kind of different ways each game, but instead of teams finding a way to win, they're finding ways to lose. So don't bail them out when they shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's a penalty or missed tackle or a turnover or whatever, don't give them 
extra ways to win. Let them beat themselves and, and just sort of stick with what you're going to do. Take care of the ball and, and don't, don't deviate from what you know will work for your offense. Running the ball, play action, protecting your quarterback, and then opening things up when you can find those windows. Easier said than done certainly after the last couple of weeks, but we've seen the formula work for this Bears offense against the Lions and to some extent against the Raiders, and I guess a little bit against the, the Bengals as well. But we'll get into a little bit more of what this Bears defense needs to do and how they, they could be more involved in carrying this team next on Locked On Bears. This episode of Locked On Bears brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and families can reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll always have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries, French fries and McFlurries, or, you know, win or lose. It's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge after a game. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel, use the bathroom, grab a snack, get some salty, tasty, sweet, delicious They've got a whole variety for you and a lot of different options nowadays. Plus, you know, it's always a nice little cheap meal. And, well, you know, you're just sort of on a trip and you need that stop. You can always trust on a McDonald's to be there at every exit or whenever you need that, that key pit stop along your way for more than just a quick bite. But it can be really that, that piece of every community. So head on out to your local McDonald's, refuel and reconnect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Jimmy Garoppolo in this game is not the quarterback that's really going to beat you. He, he's not the quarterback that you need to be scared of. This 49ers offense in general, it, it, right now, it's not something you need to consistently be scared of. It might be different if, you know, they had more of their weapons available to them. Certainly the Jimmy, excuse me, the George Kittle injury, I think definitely looms heavily in, in my opinion of this 49ers offense right now. But, but Jimmy Garoppolo has been a, a conservative quarterback. I thought Eric Crocker on yesterday's podcast did a great job of breaking it down. And if, if you haven't heard the crossover Thursday, please go back and listen to it. But he said, you know, he's not he's not the playmaker, right? He's taken well, he, mixed results in taking care of the ball, but he's taken more of the easy stuff, the underneath stuff. Like, you know, think more more Andy Dalton than Aaron Rodgers, right? It's not a one-to-one skill set comparison to Andy Dalton. But you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is in the bottom five in the NFL in terms of deep shots and, the, you know, the shots downfield, the bigger more explosive passing plays, even just attempts, not even talking completions and yards, but just the number of times he even tries to go vertical on your defense. It's, it's near the bottom. I think he's like fourth fewest, you know, bottom five in terms of quarterback there. So if I'm the bears in the secondary, I'm doing everything I can to stay aggressive with my underneath coverage and really sort of making sure that, you know, it's not that you want to bite on every double move because there's the potential still to get burned, right? You have to, you have to at least sort of respect some of the deep game stuff. But, you know, once you, if, you, if you have a good sense on film and can kind of get a sense of who your threats are and who they're not, yeah, step up and be physical underneath. Dare Jimmy Garoppolo to take that deep shot, especially if Sean Desai still wants to stick with more of the two-safety look. You know, stick to what you do. You don't change up your whole defensive scheme based on the opponent purely. So, you know, if you know you have safety help, then... If I'm Jalen Johnson, I'm going after that ball and, and biting on those routes as much as I can, knowing that I should, in theory, have help over the top. So I, I like that possibility. I think, really, it's just Debo Samuel at this point. Don't let Debo Samuel completely get away from you because he's got the speed. He's not a guy that's killing you with missed tackles necessarily. He's made some guys miss. He's fast, but like it's more so... Garoppolo will find him deep over the middle and then he'll just turn on those jets to where he'll just outrun you. It's not like 
putting the juke move on or the spin or the stiff arm you to the ground kind of thing. It's just he's just faster when he has the ball in his hand. So that's the sort of thing you have to you have to sort of keep tabs on, right? You want to make sure you know where he is on the field at all times because he's really been their sort of that go-to weapon. But without George Kittle, it really is just kind of Debo Samuel. I mean, they have their first-round pick, Brandon Ayuk, but there's been talks about trying to trade him because he just hasn't been nearly as effective. And then it's like, you know, Mohamed Sanu, and, you know, they got some some running back talent. There's some younger guys that they like, but no one's been consistently producing besides Debo Samuel. So it's, it's kind of the same situation the Bears fa- faced against the Packers where it's really just Devontae Adams. Debo Samuel's not on Devontae Adams' level, and certainly we did see the Packers still find success, and that's, that's something they've done really well throughout Aaron Rodgers' career with, with Adams, is that even when it's just Adams, they scheme up Adams well to get him free. And the 49ers are able to do some similar things with Samuel, but just slightly to a lesser degree. But if you can just kind of keep tabs on him, you should be good. And then for me, then it becomes all about getting pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo because he's bad under pressure. I mean, most quarterbacks are, but he especially gets really bad under pressure, makes bad decisions, turns the ball over, especially is something I'm looking forward to in this game. However, he's been one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL this season. So the 49ers offensive line has done a really good job protecting him. It is is a fairly solid group for the most part, but the 49ers offense, one of the ways they do that is doing what the Bears should do, is a lot of play action. I think they're in the top five in, in highest percentage of play action. If not top five, for sure top ten, top seven. It's you know it's right in that three to seven range Jimmy Garoppolo is in terms of highest percentage of passing plays that show play action. It slows down the pass rush. It, it sucks in the linebackers. It creates some more room you know over the middle of the field in some of those intermediate plays. So he doesn't need as many of the deep shots because they're winning with, with some of those plays. I mean, winning is a strong word. They've only won two games. They lost four in a row. But from a passing standpoint, they're having success when they do have success passing uh, on a lot of that play action. And so you got to be smart, especially because it feels like the Bears have been kind of vulnerable on, on play action plays. But you know, I also feel like the 49ers, their running backs don't necessarily completely scare you. They've been rolling with a couple of rookies this season, Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon. They've been running well enough, but they're not. It felt quite even like Khalil Herbert level of, of dynamic running play. So it's not like you ignore the running game, but I'm not like super worried about either one of them dominating the game in in the way that a Derrick Henry or someone else might be able to. So, you know, really like, I feel like if the bears can get a lead, then, then I'm not so worried about the play action. You know, run. I dare you to run if you're with a deficit on the scoreboard because Garoppolo doesn't seem like the kind of quarterback that's going to be able to carry the 49ers back into games. And so if they want to run the ball and kill a bunch of clock, I'm sure. I'm, I'm still willing to kind of sit back and, and let that happen if I have the lead. Certainly if the 49ers are winning, then they're going to want to run the ball more. I mean, it's just sort of that inverse relationship in the NFL. But I just feel like for this Bears defense, being aggressive has the potential to pay off. The turnovers should be there. The 49ers have turned the ball over a lot. Jimmy Garoppolo's thrown four interceptions, but more importantly, has five fumbles this season. Debo Samuel's fumbled a couple of times too. So I think the the lack of... Khalil Mack potentially and Robert Quinn potentially definitely looms large in this one. If they were in this game, I really would feel a lot more strongly about the Bears potentially winning because I think those guys would be able to strip at least one ball out of there. Akeem Hicks has gotten healthier and it's been a limited participation in practice instead of missing practice. So if he can get some some playing time in there, and again, he's he's going to play, I think, a key role in, in one of these matchups we'll get to in a second, but there should be potential for turnovers there from somebody getting to the quarterback and getting some pressure on him. Maybe Travis Gibson 
has one in him. Uh, it just it just seems like it's right there if you can beat this offensive line. That is, it's very, it's, it is a good offensive line. But when the pressure has beat them, they've been able to get turnovers out of Jimmy Garoppolo. If the Bears can get a couple of turnovers, get some shorter fields for Justin Fields, and then run the ball well, right? It all sorts, of, it all sorts of come together here on paper. It's just a matter of really being able to consistently execute that and and be the better team. I I, I do think. The 49ers offensive line is going to play a big role in this, and we'll get into some of those specific matchups and where I think the key spots are going to be for the Bears to attack the 49ers' weaknesses and also maybe maybe just maybe be a little worried about the Bears' weaknesses against some of the 49ers' strengths next on Locked On Bears. All this month, our friends at Built Bars are, are unveiling limited edition flavors every three to four days. So if you want to try out some different flavors of the world's best tasting protein bars, you got to head over to built.com and check it out every couple of days because they've got such a great variety, but I have not had a bad flavor of built bar yet. All the limited edition ones especially tend to be even better than the, the classics, the originals, which are still really good too, but you know, they get to try the blueberry muffin flavor it has actual like blueberry pieces in there. I've got some salted pretzel flavored built bars that has actual salted pretzels in there, but they're still covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, but most importantly, low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. There's not another protein bar product on the market that tastes like a candy bar, but is still this low in sugar, this low in calories, and has all that protein chalked up in there. They don't taste like the chalky, waxy protein bars that you might be used to. Built bars truly are something different. It's why I eat one literally every single day. You got to try them for yourself. Head on over to builtbar.com. Enter our promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Seems like every week it comes down to somewhere in the trenches for this Bears team, just because I think that's where, that's certainly where they've got some weakness on offense, and that's where it, it affects Justin Fields and a rookie quarterback, even more so than a veteran potentially like Andy Dalton. But then on the other side of the ball, this is a Bears defense that is so much more predicated on its front seven to try and make up for some of those deficiencies in the secondary. So sometimes it does feel like we're talking a lot about a lot of the same position groups, but at the same time, it seems like it's those position groups that have been deciding these Bears' wins and losses lately. And I look at this 49ers offensive line, it's, it's a strong offensive line from left to right. But if I have to find the weak point that I'm trying to attack, it's the right guard and to a lesser extent the center. I mean, Alex Mack has been a, a quality center throughout his career, but he's 35, turns 36 in November. So, I mean, he's on the tail end of his career and has been, you know, a little bit more vulnerable. You know, in the sense that, like, Jason Peters has been, I mean, I guess definitely mixed results from Peters. Maybe that's not a fair comparison. But, right, really good player early in their career, not as good here on the late stages of their career. But I think Daniel Brunskill at the, at the right guard spot, compared to the rest of them, has kind of been more the weak link. I think he was an undrafted free agent. No, he was a, a third-round pick for the Falcons back in 2017, as I, as I check my notes now. But still, he's been sort of the vulnerable one. So if Akeem Hicks is healthy, win that one-on-one matchup, especially if Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are out, you're not really going to get much edge pressure on, on two really talented offensive tackles, Trent Williams on the left side and the Mike McGlitchie on the right side, college teammate of Alex Bars and 
Quinton Nelson, you know, the Notre Dame offensive line there, McGlinchey has been solid for them on the right side. So their tackles are really good. And if you're going with backup edge rushers, you're just not probably going to consistently get pressure from those spots. So that makes the interior that much more important. Whether it's Akeem Hicks or Mario Edwards rotating in there, Bilal Nichols seems to be coming back from injury well too. If Eddie Goldman's involved, right? Win that pass rush up the middle and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be toast. Easier said than done. The Bears haven't gotten enough of that pass rush up front, but, you know, bring those blitzes up the A-gaps with the linebackers. Maybe you stunt edge rushers inside to try and help them because if they're just not going to be able to win these offensive tackles one-on-one, that's where I'm looking to kind of get some of that pressure, specifically right guard center, that A-gap right there, and maybe that B-gap as well is where I see some potential vulnerabilities. But I'm definitely concerned about keeping tabs on Debo Samuel one-on-one. And we've seen the Bears go to Jalen Johnson in a shadow coverage. They did it against Odell Beckham against the Browns and then Devontae Adams against the Packers. And don't get me wrong, I like Jalen Johnson. He's played well this season. He's not ready to shadow coverage number one wide receivers across the field, and that's okay. He doesn't need to be a a top five shutdown NFL cornerback in his second season, but he got toasted by Devontae Adams, especially when he'd move into the slot. And same thing with, with Odell Beckham. They had some back and forth, but it just... You know, it's a lot to ask of a second-year player, and it's okay if it's too much to ask. So I'm not going to shadow Jalen Johnson against Debo Samuel. I'm just always going to make sure my safeties know where they are, know where he is, and maybe shade a little bit to his side. So if you have two deep safeties and Debo Samuel's in the slot, you're going to pinch those in together a little bit more. Or if Samuel's all the way on the outside, I'm going to cheat to the outside a little bit more and maybe leave that middle of the field a little more open, just a little bit farther away to always sort of keep not a pure bracket coverage, not a true double team, but just, again, pay attention to where their best threats are and make them beat you with their other threats, like someone named Trent Sherfield, or I guess, you know, Travis Benjamin or, or Juwan Jennings. I mean, guys that you just, or even Brandon Ayuk, who's just been struggling, right? Make the lesser wide receivers beat you with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing them the balls. So I think that's sort of where I look at Bears weakness against the 49ers strength there. Pay extra attention to Debo Samuel if I'm the secondary, but definitely attack that weakest link on the offensive line that otherwise doesn't really have a lot of weak links. But I flip it to the other side for the Bears. Who's going to start at right tackle in this game? Alex Bars again? There's Larry Borum has been sort of back at practice from injured reserve. As of the time of recording this on Thursday night, they have not activated him from injured reserve to officially make him eligible, but whoever starts at right tackle is probably going to be the weak link. And Nick Bosa is tends to be their, their right end over the left tackle versus Jason Peters, so I'm almost more concerned than about Eric Armstead. I, I, I say almost, that's just me hedging. I, I am more concerned about Eric Armstead versus the right tackle because Armstead has played really, really well. In the same sense that, like, whoever lines up from Khalil Mack tends to have an easier job. Yeah, whoever lines up opposite from Nick Bosa tends to have an easier job on the defense. And so Armstead, is, Armstead has played really well and has been a great compliment to him. And even though I, I like Larry Borum a lot, fifth-round pick, first game out of injury, I'm definitely going to be concerned. Or if it's Alex Bars, I'm also going to be concerned when you're on your, what, fifth-string offensive tackle at this point at that spot. That's an area where I want to give extra help. Same with Jason Peters on the left side, but especially I think the right side could be even more critical because I, I I find myself trusting Peters a little bit more, even though he's definitely burned the Bears a few times this season just being old. But maybe some of that veteran savvy versus Bosa, I'll trust that a little bit more than Bars or a rookie fifth-round pick against Eric Armstead. But if I'm looking to really attack a weakness on this 49ers defense, we talked about middle of the field a little bit. They've got some injuries for some guys that already have been struggling. One of their linebackers... His name is Aziz Al-Shair. He's a, a, 
an undrafted free agent a couple of years ago. He's been kind of the pair with Fred Werner. He's not playing well. He's kind of just an average at best linebacker, and he's coming off a concussion and hasn't practiced through the first two days this week. So if he can't play, I'm not positive if it's Demetrius Flanagan Fowles or Marcel Harris or Samson Ebukama, who we'll see, but a bunch of guys you haven't heard of. Yeah, I'm going to attack the guy you haven't heard of at linebacker, whether that's Cole Komet from the tight end spot or I guess Jimmy Graham, depending on his health, maybe Jesper Horstead or Jesse James, or if it's Khalil Herbert out of the backfield or maybe just a slot receiver going over the middle of the field. Because their safety, Jaquiski Tart, he's also injured, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. They could be going to a backup there, Tavon Wilson, or maybe uh, Tulanoa Hufanga, their fifth-round pick. I mean, again, a guy there. If you haven't heard of him, tends to be a good person to attack in the opposing defense. So there's a possibility there. And, you know, you know if it, because it's Warner and a no-name at linebacker, you know, you send your running back out and your tight end out and have him cross, and whoever... Whoever Warner follows, throw it to the other one, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be that complicated to isolate specific matchups and specific weaknesses in coverage that you want to get your players matched up on. So it's not so much an obvious, like, it's a one-on-one, but it's not necessarily always the same player at each spot. But running backs, tight end, slot receiver, attacking over the middle of the field. doesn't have to be deep, right? Just let your playmakers make plays with the ball in their hand against potentially lesser players in coverage. Football is a simple game made complicated by coaches. I try not to oversimplify it because all this, of course, is on paper, much more difficult to do in an actual game setting. We've seen the Bears struggle with that the last couple of weeks. But the 2-4 49ers that lost four straight games on paper should be an opportunity for Justin Fields and the Bears offense to get back on track, this defense to generate some turnovers and have an easier quarterback matchup in the last couple of weeks. And maybe, just maybe, win another game, right the ship, get a little momentum and some hope going as they move forward into this middle portion of the season. Easier said than done, but at least we sort of have an idea and a game plan for how this might come together. Certainly, we'll be back for you on Monday to break down how that game plan goes and what we see from the Bears, perhaps without Matt Nagy with the COVID-19 situation and a whole lot of other interesting dynamics going into this game. So make sure then that you come back on Monday, listen again, subscribe Keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Make Lockdown Bears your first listen each and every day. We're here for you five days a week. And for your second listen, don't forget to check out all of our other great NFL shows. Lockdown 49ers has some great previews if you want to get the Bears opponent even more in-depth. Lockdown NFL breaks down the league from a league-wide perspective. Peacock and Williamson also does a great job with former NFL scout Matt Williamson on that. Just some great insight from him. Lockdown NFL Draft, if you're a draft nut or of course, NBA, MLB, NHL shows. We got all your sports coverage here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So tune in, spread the love. The Lockdown Podcast Network is here for your team every single day. And I hope, you know, even more than anything else, getting ready for game day, another football Sunday. There's only so many of these. So, you know, try not to try not to dread it too much if you're feeling down about this Bears team. And hopefully, maybe, just maybe, you can come together and bear down. <laughs>